I, I am not Angie. No. <laughs> oh, and we're missing Angie today, but that was fun, Terry. <laughs> Terry just did our intro for us, and um, it was great. Terry versus Terry as Angie just did our intro yes. for us, and um, we're going to spare you that recording, but it was really <laughs> fabulous. So, <laughs> anyway, we um, this week we're missing Angie. She's a little under the weather, so... We will miss her insight and wisdom, but um, just like mm-hmm. any group, sometimes you have people that are able to join you, and sometimes you have people that aren't, and so we are going to soldier on um, in the name of Jesus and honoring Angie this week. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, amen. So, um, for those of you joining us for the first time, which I don't imagine that there are very many of you, but just in case, um, we are in First Timothy, and we are in chapter 6 this week. We are going to be finishing up chapter six, but we are not starting at the very beginning. Um, We ended last week with the first two verses. So we're going to jump into this entire week on verse three. And I'll read verse three through five. If anyone teaches otherwise, which you can see that we're jumping in, seems like in the middle of something. So we're talking about what he told them in chapters one through five, right? Mm -hmm. So if anyone teaches otherwise and does not agree to the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ and to godly teaching, they are conceited and understand nothing. They have an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words that result in envy, strife, malicious talk, evil suspicions, and constant friction between people of corrupt mind who have been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a means to financial gain. That last one is one of Paul's famous run-on sentences. He Mm -hmm. packs a lot in one sentence. Don't hold anything back there, Paul. Tell us how (laughs) you really feel. Um, Yeah, it is. It's kind of weird to jump into something saying, if anyone teaches otherwise. Um, Mm -hmm. That's hard. So, And we've actually talked about that a little bit several times throughout this last um, series and just the fact that there is, this is um, a continuously building concept. Um, This is a letter that Paul has written. And uh, so it would be easy for people to just flip back to a couple pages if they had forgotten, but this was all read in one reading too. This is not like we've broken it up over however Mm -hmm. many weeks. So um, if you're wondering, go back and read. Yeah. yeah, And the other part is really remembering that they are in a situation where they're dealing with a lot of false teachers. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we think we're in that situation today, and we are, but we forget that they also are dealing with this. And so this is why Paul's really strong about teaching God's doctrine, the teachings of Jesus Christ, and purely teaching those and not adding to them, subtracting to them, or changing them in any way. 
And we have the benefit, which we've talked about this a million times also, but we have the benefit of going back to be able to read mm-hmm. the scripture. We have it all written out here. And while um, Paul has, you know, this letter that he's written to Timothy, um, they they didn't have this giant book that we called the Bible. This was, mm-hmm. they were living these times. This was not all written out and bound in a neat little book for them, just like we have. So um, that was one of the big things that was really important to discern the false teachers because of the fact that they didn't, they weren't able to go back and flip through and have it in their hands to see what was going on, that they could um, um, test things against. Yeah, that's really interesting. They had to know it and they were memorizing this too. Mm-hmm. Um, this wasn't just read. It was a, there was a lot more memorization back in that time. But think about the telephone game, how it starts, and then you yeah. can add something or it changes just a little bit here and changes a little bit here and changes a little bit here. And that's what they were trying to protect against too, that um, changing of his word, even just slightly. That's why Paul is so adamant on that. We have to be careful with that too. It's how we read it. We're bringing our thoughts and our perspectives into this as we're reading this. Mm-hmm. We need to make sure that we're catching what's actually on the page, what actually God is saying versus our interpretation of it. So that's why this particular style of Bible study, observation, interpretation, application, that you'll see that throughout this type of Bible, Bible study. It's a precepts-based Bible study. That's why it's important to just see what it says. And then what is the clear interpretation? And then how should that change us? So, mm-hmm. so on that note, they were talking about the false teachers and how exciting that was to be. How uh, To me, it's like when I kept hearing, it was like, there's a buzz with these false teachers. Like, ooh, there's something going on. This is something, this is something new. I've never seen this before. This is a new part of Jesus. Like, and they were, it was definitely false. And these teachers mm-hmm. were actually teaching to gain money was a part of it. It's like the more you can get a lot of people. Listen, you can get a lot of people to believe in Jesus. If it says something like, just do your own thing and be nice. And it's like, that's not what Jesus said. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, he does want you to be nice, but <laughs> I, I was thinking about that with our false teachers now. It's like, I've listened to them a lot. They're good. They're very good. Yeah. And they'll say things like, God loves you. He wants the best for you. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. I mean, he does love you. He wants what's best for you. But it may not look like you giving them tons of money <laughs> so you can do it. It's, it's like it starts probably okay. I don't know. I'm not evaluating all of them. But then it's like, then there's this little twist where we kind of jump off a cliff a bit. Um, and I, that's kind of some of the things that were happening back then too. Um, Gnosticism was in involved. It was there. It's like Gnosticism is this, um, I have this esoteric knowledge of God that I could impart to you, maybe if you can even get it. And it's like, Oh no, that's not what God's about. He wants everyone to know him. And he's pretty clear about who he is. And these people are, very much into having a lot of argument arguments and arguing their way and um, and even focusing on individual words that someone may speak and and just t- 
like you said, twist it around, try and make it sound um, the right right for them. But they, it, Paul says, they are men of corrupt mind. They've been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a means to financial gain. And that's just not what it's about. Now, there's nothing wrong with having money. Right. That is not an issue. What is the issue is what do you do with it? What does it mean to you? How important is it to you in your life? And what are what ends do you go to to get more of it? And how right. much do you need and how much is enough? What, you know, do you, yeah. are you, do you help others with it? Do you support ministries? Do you, are you um, giving freely, you know, sharing with people, giving to those in need? Because really that's what you, you have mm-hmm. it for. So, so let's go back and kind of look at some of the controversies. Like what was involved in those controversies? The envy when people look at that, like what definitions do you guys have for like envy when you look? Definition? Well, I mean, when you think of envy, what do you th- like jealousy is, is kind of what I come up with. And uh, I think <laughs> of wanting uh, someone else. To, I, I feel like I want their stuff too. Like, mm-hmm. oh man, look what they have over there. In fact, I'll tell you one time we had a couple that lived across the street from us and they're a younger couple. Greg and I were both working, you know, and and they come home with a new truck. And then, you know, the next year they had a, a, a um, camper, a new camper and a new boat. And we're like, man, we, we are working ourselves crazy. Why do they have all this stuff? Mm-hmm. How do they get all this stuff? And then the Lord just really convicted me that um, they have all that stuff because they They're only selling spend drugs. it on themselves. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I thought I'd be I don't, I don't think go so. Ahead. They were, they were <laughs> really nice. They're really nice kidding. people. But the thing is, is, they were just buying everything for themselves and building up their stuff in their lives and not doing anything for others. Yeah. And if you're going to be selfish and greedy and keep it all to yourself, you can do that. Yeah. This is, yeah. Yeah. So uh, the next one is strife. So when you think of strife, what, what kind of makes sense? And these are just the words that were found in um, four, mm-hmm. six, four. Yep. Let me, something just keeps Go going ahead. through my head um, that Paul throughout all of this book has addressed malicious talk and gossipers and excuse me, he's kind of targeted for he's targeted toward the younger women in this community for all of these things. But his, his tone is shifting here where he's like, this is, um, this is about false teachers at this point. Cause remember mm-hmm. we, I think we joked maybe last week or the week before about how we thought maybe Paul had been gossiped about by some younger women, because this is something that he keeps talking about over and over and over again. Um, But thinking about that, like the fact that he kept addressing the women and um, people who are just idle talkers. And now he's saying, okay, listen, this is what it looks like for false teachings. And these are the things that come out of it. Um, And this, excuse me, this is just me like my brain kind of going okay look at this from both sides 
the women were typically less educated than the men and the women spent more communal time together um, just doing things because they went to the well together. They did their washing together. You know, you weren't in your basement running your laundry. You were at the wherever it was doing laundry together, right? So you have all that time to chit chat, which is where the idle chit chat and gossip comes in. But if the false teachings are out there and prevalent, how much more susceptible would these women be because they have all this time to, to visit and gossip? I just think about like these snake oil people, you know, who are like, oh yeah, let me tell you about this miracle product, whatever a miracle product happens to be. And in this case, it's the false teachings of Jesus and how that could very easily have um, turned people away from faith, which as we go along it, um, you know, Paul talks about how it turns people away from faith. Anyway, it just occurred to me that like, hmm, maybe those things tie together. The envy, the strife, the malicious talk, the evil suspicions, the constant friction. Um, and again, this is me purely supposition. There is no biblical fact that I can see about this, but I can see culturally how this would tie into um, the idle gossip and chatter among the women that he keeps addressing over and over and over again. I, I do think it's, it's, I agree with that, but, and I think it's bigger mm. because mm. of the money um, in influence here. And because of how Paul goes into, you know, godliness with contentment and how he goes on about people who want to get rich. And I think it's really, um, as he says in the first thing, they think if godliness is a means to financial gain. Yeah. It's the love of money creating and, all this, all this problem. And the part that really struck me was the, the phrase they've been robbed of truth. Mm. How does that happen? How can you get robbed of truth? Like if you know truth, how can you get robbed of truth? And I, I just, I think it's when the focus changes and you're deciding to live in the world kingdom versus God's kingdom. I think, I don't know, just that particular phrase of robbed of truth was really interesting to me with this. And the other thing I was noticing, so I think you were right, Suzanne, when you were talking about the envy, strife, maliciousness, evil suspicions, quarrelsome, constant friction. I think they all lead one to the next, one to the mm -hmm. next, one to the next. So um, I think they build on each other. And the thing that was really interesting to me as I was going through this date was the contrast. And so if we read, um, there was another, um, what was it, First Corinthians that we could read. And it's like, where do you want to live? So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read up both, just spend a few times with the scripture itself. And it's like, um, I'm reading from starting with four. They are conceited and understanding nothing. They have an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words that result in envy, strife, malicious talk, evil suspicions, and constant friction between people of corrupt mind who've been robbed of the truth. And who think that godliness is a means to financial gain. Okay, you could live there. Many people do. At times, we probably also do get into that stuff, right? Okay, now here's a contrasting scripture of 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Love is patient. 
and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. It does not insist in its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoings, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. The, sometimes with scriptures, really helpful to contrast them and get the tone and just the tone of those two scriptures. And then it's this choice. Where do you want to live? Because I think it was just previously a few days ago, it was like, this is a choice. You don't accidentally become a false teacher. You move intentionally in that, in that way. And it's like the same thing for us. How, where do we want to live? We don't accidentally end up in a, in a gossip session with someone. It might start, but the fact that we stay, that's a yep. choice. That's a yeah. choice. And we might choose like, I don't want to be left out or I don't, oh, I love this one. I, I don't want them gossiping about me. I'm like, yeah, right. They're going to do it anyway. If this is what their pattern is. It's like, whatever. Um, my, my thought with that is often I could give them something really fun to gossip about. <laughs> it would be so not true. <laughs> but the part is I don't even need to engage in that. I can just try to go, yeah, you know what? I don't want to do that. Let's go. Can we do something else? Right. Um, you're you're right about that. Um, it's funny because Bella, my granddaughter, who is in fourth grade, is already having problems like this with the other girls in her class. I mean, I'm, I don't know how much she's involved in it. I'm sure she's not Miss Innocent. But when she said, well, this one told me this about that one. And I said, well, let me tell you, Bella, you're listening to that. Guess what else is going to happen? She's telling the other girls something about you. Right. I said, so you have to watch it. You have to watch it. And don't be spreading those rumors about other people. Because you can bet if they're doing it to you, they're doing it about you with someone else. And yeah. so that takes your headspace. Then you're all involved in the gossip mill and everything that's going on there. All these controversies if, and, and putting all that out. And what you're not doing is engaging with God. You're not patient. You're not kind, right? You're not living in his love and trusting him. A lot of, I think a lot, so much of it boils down here to greed. Mm -hmm. Wanting more, more, more. Yeah, that could be, I go ahead. I don't think it's even necessarily financial greed. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know that's kind of what he's talking about here, but, um, if you take the context of the whole chapter, it's not all about finances. So it's about power. It's about mm -hmm. control. It's about self-image. Um, mm -hmm. And you're right. It is. It's about greed for self and the way that people see you and um, your own satisfaction. I can't get no. So um, there you go. <laughs> yeah. You know, because that, that's really right. what it kind of boils down to, right? And then it goes back to the heart. It's about the heart. I agree. And I think it's like, you can't get that satisfaction because you want it apart from God. You have full satisfaction in God. We all do. Right. We, we have that opportunity to go to him and have full and complete satisfaction. But this is when people are trying to get it on their own without him. Yeah. For tomorrow, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things in our homework was um, Titus, one eleven, and it says to describe the damage that this um, 
kind of uh, behavior was doing, and it's ruining whole households, whole households. And uh, there's a, I, I read a, the commentary on Titus one uh, eleven, and it says, you know, how do you recognize them? Some of them, you know, they're some are teaching falsely because they're confused and they just didn't check with the Bible. They don't know what they're talking about. They think they do. Others have evil motives, money, additional business, feeling of power, like you said, Suzanne, and power of being a leader. So it's it's about look at me. Um, but you can recognize them and be on your guard. They will, number one, focus more on attention on themselves than on Christ. They'll be asking you to do something that will compromise your faith. It's drawing you away, de-emphasizing the divine nature of Christ or the inspiration of the Bible. It's not all true, you know, whatever. Um, And they urge believers to make decisions based more on human judgment than on prayer and biblical guidelines. So that's that. Those are some ways you can recognize false teachers. What are they? What are they teaching you here? Can you jump? Can you jump to Matthew also? There's a reference in Matthew there um, about recognizing the false teachers. You want to read it? Matthew um, what? Matthew 7, 15 through 20. Oh, I, it's like a tree and its fruit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, beware the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly with rav- are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruit. That's a really good point, Suzanne. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is. I think there's a distinction between um, not speaking clearly, being misunderstood, um, not genuinely not knowing and like asking and questioning and having discussion a lot like what we do. Right. Um, we, we have discussion. We ask, like, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And that is good and healthy. Um, but for us, like if we were coming to you and saying, this is what it is. And this Bible, the Bible doesn't really mean this. It means this other thing. Right. And saying, don't check me. Just listen to us. Don't check. If this doesn't feel right, right to you, just listen to us. Like yeah. that right there would be false teaching. And mm-hmm. guess what? There's people out there that do that. You yeah. don't need, just listen. Trust me. You don't understand what's happening in the Bible. Just listen to me. And um, that is bad fruit, friends. Mm-hmm. That is bad yeah. fruit. Every tree is going to have something that falls that is not quite ripe and not maybe a little bit sour, right? Because we all have that. <laughs> and and I, I like that analogy there because we have that. This kind of goes back to previous things we talked about, a maturity and leadership. What are we looking for in an overseer, a bishop, or a, mm-hmm. um, and, and so in a deacon? Right. And so I think, again, this is a possibility that if someone's immature, they're going to be giving you bad information. And I think Paul and God, depending again, like you were saying, Suzanne, in the heart, have grace for that. Mm-hmm. That can get repaired, that can get taken care of, that can get corrected. Um, everything can get corrected by God. That's 
That's not what I'm saying. But the false teaching has to have a strong correction, right? Mm-hmm. And and again, this is not like discussion and then somebody not understanding or questioning because it's really okay to question what does this mean? What is this context? What? Mm-hmm. But um, and that's healthy. That's what we, yeah. we want. That's how we grow. Um, but that intention and really having that um, that fruit just turn sour, all of it, the whole tree, like rotting from the inside out, that is bad. And that needs to be shut down and cut down and thrown in the pit of like the burn pit. Mm-hmm. I think that that brings up another good point. It's one thing to correct information that mm-hmm. someone has seen, but if their heart is incorrect, if their mm-hmm. heart is wrong, they won't let that correction happen. Mm-hmm. They'll insist that they know what they know that they know. Mm-hmm. Right. And even new information doesn't matter. doesn't matter. So one thing I really tried to maintain is to have a teachable spirit, mm-hmm. you know, cause, cause God's going to change your heart. And, um, but like you said, it, it takes other people in your lives and it takes the word of God and it takes um, studying the word and prayer time and whatever. But if you're not willing to change your mind, if you're not willing to understand new things from the Lord, I think you don't have a teachable spirit. It That's a bad place to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they had a lot of descriptions that was in second Peter about these false prophets and these teachers. And I mean, if you kind of go through that whole section, let's see, first Peter two or second Peter two, Peter, mm-hmm. just like just destructive heresies, everything they kept going speaking loudly, boasts of folly. And, and it's like they promised them freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption. Like really good descriptions of what these false teachers were. <laughs> the last one, it got me. And perhaps we want to end on this. I'm just kidding. The dog returns to its own vomit and the sow after washing herself returns to the wallow in the mine. I'm like, whoa, that really got my attention. It's like, yeah. no, <laughs> no, I don't want to be in that place. That's a bad place to be. So, well, um, sorry, 13, for <laughs> verse 13, oh, sorry, verse 13 of second Peter two says, um, they, their lives are full of blots and blemishes. They're reveling in pleasures. Yeah. Eyes full of adultery. They seduce the unstable. They're experts in greed to name a few things. Yeah. Like, Miles, these people, what are they doing in leadership? How did they get there? Did they turn their, was their, their, like we said earlier, um, they were robbed of the truth. So they, did they once believe this and then now they don't? How did they get to that position? So here's where I'm going to like push a button, right? Well, one, we have to be, we have to wrap up pretty quickly. So I'm okay. literally <laughs> going to push a button here in a second. But um, I, I think for the most part, for somebody to be a convincing false teacher, that it's a slow roll, right? Because if you come straight out and you're like bursting onto the scene with these really weird concepts and ideas, people can identify you really easily. Right. Whereas, good point. Just be really careful. Really yeah. careful. 
It's interesting when you just said those interesting concepts and new ideas and stuff. It's like, oh, there's this energy with that. There's always that kind of energy going on. Mm-hmm. And that's a piece I look for. It's like now many times when I get that energy, it's like something's off. But when I was a pretty new Christian, it was like, oh, this must be new. This must be a part of God I didn't understand. And always check it. Like you're saying, always check it back with the Bible. Always check it back. Does it line up with scripture? Yeah. All right. Well, Rosemary, will you pray for us today? Okay. Um, Excuse me. Okay. Dear God, we just come before you, Lord. So grateful that we could um, spend time in your word, Lord. So grateful that we have your word in front of us. Um, We have that advantage, Lord, and we just praise you and we just thank you. God, we ask that um, we that you help quicken to our minds where we need to examine good fruit. Is this good fruit that's happening? Is this like a mature fruit? Um, does this line up with your word? And to be able to look at the people who are teaching us, to look at the people we're listening to, to look at the people we're surrounding ourselves by, surrounding ourselves with, and to see what the fruit of that relationship is, see what the fruit is of of engaging and listening to this other person. And Lord, we just pray that you help us see our own bad fruit. Lord, times where we are off, where we are missing your truth. God, we ask that um, what we know is orange trees produce oranges. Um, and that that the like thing, it, it should all line up, Lord. It should all line up with your truth. You know, orange trees are not going to produce thorns. And so something like that's happening or thorn bushes are producing oranges. We know that's not correct, God. And so a Christian, as we walk in this and we do our best and we turn to you in faith, Lord, um, we pray that you keep our eyes open, Lord. Help us to see what it is that you want us to see, Lord. Help us to move in the, in the ways you want us to move, God. And help us to surround ourselves with the people you want us to surround ourselves with. And to stand up in a crowd when things are becoming malicious or controversial, et cetera, that we can stand up and say, let's turn towards God. Let's talk about the things he would want us to talk about. Um, So, Lord, we just praise you. We um, trust you and we thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And cut. <laughs> 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 <laughs>